Hey everybody, we are Martin, Robert, and Francis, and this is Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head rent-free. Hey, welcome back to Snakes and Otters. This is going to be episode 38, a very special Code of Honor episode. So I'm Martin. I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. So today we wanted to focus our Code of Honor on... Probably what we should have done to begin with. Our yeah. first Code of Hunter episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. probably. Yeah. Uh, but we've kind of talked about it a little bit yes. here and there. And that is the phrase, strength and honor. Strength and honor, gentlemen. Strength, strength and honor. Strength and honor, sir. So we want to talk about why that phrase inspires us, why it is important to us, why it's become going on almost 20 years a part of our my, lives. My goodness, it has, hasn't it? Yep. And I guess a little background. I'll, I'll start a little bit on the background. Uh, it does appear in the film Gladiator, Ridley Scott directing. Uh, Russell Crowe's the star is Maximus, mm -hmm. the Roman general who becomes a slave, who becomes a gladiator, and who shakes Rome to its foundations. But it's a greeting, um, or, or a, I don't know, it's, it's not a greeting so much as it's, it's a it's salutation away. A salutation. That's, yeah, that's the correct it's word. It's kind of that, yeah. It's a salutation the Roman officers give each other. It's good luck. is what the, mm -hmm. you know, we, mm -hmm. If we go off and say good luck, this is what they say instead. So for this episode, I had to try to find out, okay, was that real? Ah. Was that something Romans, Roman military, Roman officers actually said to each other? And no, it was not. So that's Ridley Scott's sad. what you're saying. It was actually Russell Crowe. Oh. It was the motto of his high school in Australia. No kidding. And yeah. he took it to Ridley Scott and said, this scene, it needs something. Yeah. When I'm getting ready to walk away from Quintus before the big battle scene on the border of Germania, I can't just say, well... See on you know see on the flip side, Quintus. Yeah, he said we've got to do something. How about this? And Ridley Scott loved it, uh, and took a big puff on his cigar and said, "Yep, do that." So, and so they did. And so yeah. they, and so, um, the motto from his his high school has trickled down to three goofballs in in Kentucky. Uh, more than just us. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, and it stayed with us for 20 years. Yeah. We've we have uh, greeted each other, both coming and going, with the, with that motto because, like Russell Crowe said, it sings, it works. It uh, you got to have something there sometimes, and it's a good one. And it's I dare say one. we are not the only people to use this. I would that say seen right. that movie. Yes, certainly there are people in Australia that, that do it. It's a high school motto for God's sake. Well, yeah, I, I didn't know that. That's that's uh, fantastic. And don't forget story. that did win Best Picture that year, and Russell yes. Crowe won Best Actor, which actually he's uh, he, in his speech that year, as, as I remember it, he thanked Ridley Scott, the bloke, as he said, that got it all started, because Russell Crowe was not that huge of an actor before that. He was just up and coming, but he became a superstar because of that movie. Mm -hmm. Somebody that could carry a movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was very, very good in L.A. Confidential, one of my favorite films. Yeah, which is kind of what got him the role. Yeah, and it's a Curtis Hansen-directed uh, film. Um, but really, Guy Pierce uh, is sort of the lead there. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it Russell Crowe was the man after 
Yeah. After Gladiator came out. So, of course, beyond just the greeting to each other, it's the basis of the name of this podcast. It is. Uh, Snakes and Otters is a corruption of strength and honor. And Robert... Go so, ahead. So we've talked about the origin because, you know, this is 20 years now. Yeah. <laughs> memory but fades a little fa- sometimes. Memory does fade. And, and, you know, as memory often does, it merges with other things and, you know, becomes legend. Memory is very, very unreliable as a historical record. Mm. You know, you have an accident, you get four people on each corner of the intersection, they would tell you four different stories of what happened. Mm-hmm. Two people standing next to each other will tell two different stories. I, I, I said something like this today. There is no truth, only perception. Yeah, there, yeah there's a lot of truth <laughs> to that. Very much. I perceive that there is a lot of truth to that statement. So uh, my wife and I were talking about it. We remembered this as my middle child uh, corrupting this. And I think she did. She couldn't say it either. So we used that for the kids. But my wife says that she... Because she is a lovely woman who just happens to have a great deal of sarcastic ability. Yes, oh, she's you, a smartass. Oh, you phrased that so kindly. Uh, yeah, until I called her a smartass. But she won't listen to this anyways, most likely, so I'll, she'll you never know. Hope. You hope. Uh, she'd probably just laugh at it and say, yes, I'm a smartass. Uh, anyways, she said she came up with snakes and otters, which she may very well she have. As a matter of fact, it may have been her that taught my middle child to say that instead of... Strength and honor, because she was only three years old at the time. She would not have been able to say it very distinctly and clearly yet. So your wife kind of prompted it and molded it. Probably, yeah. There's probably a little bit of truth to all of that, how it all kind of melded together, and it cemented snakes and otters. Because we've been using the snakes and otters phraseology for many, many years. Nearly as long as we've been doing strength and honor. Because we kind of all laugh about it when you kind of bring that up. We'll say strength and honor, and sometimes we'll say snakes and otters just for fun. And that's kind of when we ended up creating this podcast. And Martin, you really need to tell why we chose the name. I mean, we kind of know the origins of it, but you're the one that said, let's use that. Let's use it. Yeah, let's use it. Yeah. Because it uh, compliments to your wife. She stuck a pin in us, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, she deflated the balloon a little bit, and you know, because it was a little. That's, the, that. that's a little the wonderful pompous. thing about yeah. women is they are good at deflating men when it's necessary. Yes. So uh, we we have to give them credit for that. Uh-huh. Um, so, but you know, I think people say, "Well, you're just talking about something from a movie that you goofball say to each other," but it it really does mean something to it us. Yes, right. It's, it's we stayed with it. Um. We do not use it in a congratulatory sense. You know, yeah. oh, you're so strong and honorable. That's right, yeah. We we use it as an admonition to each other, to a degree. That's a good word, but you're exactly right, uh, yes. We, we use it as, as... Be this. Be this. Be this. The same, in, I think, in the same spirit mm-hmm. that Russell Crowe wanted it used in the film. That's right. Aspire to this. Aspire to yeah. this. Uh, great uh, analogy for this. My, daughter, or my uh, wife bought a um, T-shirt. For a Christmas present to uh, for the daughter of uh, some very dear friends. Uh, my wife is her uh, confirmation sponsor, mm-hmm. and it says "Humankind, be both." Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Strength and honor. Be both. Be both. Do both. However you want to put that. It you you really need to have both. That's right. They must not be separated. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about this in the show prep. You know, my phrase is always: you can't have one without the other. Strength without honor is brutality, and honor without strength is impotence. 
Right. They have to both be together. That's right. And that's what makes the challenge that we give to each other mm-hmm. with that phrase. Uh, it is, it's a challenge to each other. It really is. It is, in a way, uh, without going down a theological path or a particular philosophical path, it is a shorthand way, to my thinking, of summarizing that ideal that we want to hold everyone to, uh, whether it be on a personal level or even our very own country. Mm-hmm. Because as you said, strength without honor is brutality. Nobody wants to see that in an individual or uh, society. And impotence, honor without strength, the ability to to uh, either express or... Um, Protect your protect, honor. Protect or even to <laughs> to set it as an example. Then you're Ned Stark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and you know what happens, you know. Uh, so, yes, and he thought he had strength. Exactly. Oh, he had personal strength, but at, at Political the end, strength, none. Yeah, political, political strength, none. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it really is such a wonderful distillation of almost all the ideals that we, we hold dear. I like that word distillation because in order for something to be able to be used in this arena of personal philosophy, it's got to be bite-sized. It's got to be something that you can really mm, very, much. very use off the cuff very quickly. Uh, not to say that we do this uh, flippantly in any way. Uh, it always has meaning when we use it. But just like any good phraseology like this, it's something you can grasp with both hands and grab a hold of and move forward with. And the terms are are simple terms that most people are going to intuitively have a grasp of. Mm-hmm. They may not have the same depth of understanding or buy-in to those. Some people honor is meaningless. To some people, honor is everything. Mm-hmm. Some people honor is so much everything that they have turned it into something dishonorable. Uh, you know, there are cultures throughout history where honor is everything. Mm-hmm. And when honor is everything, that usually requires a perversion of strength as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have to have both and they have to be balanced against each other. You're yeah. speaking like of the Japanese code, perhaps? That, that Them? I mean, just, I mean, throughout, throughout history, I think you can find this. Uh, you know, whether it be gangs today where, you know, you can't oh, lose face. Yeah, Omerta. Uh, pardon? Omerta. Omerta, Omerta with, uh, with the mafia. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You know, that's, uh, you, uh, you must, must comply. You know. Uh, the Klingon culture, you know, it's kind of based on that. Yeah. It's, it's shown out that way. Uh, you know, you look at the, the Muslim culture, honor is very much an important part of that. Now, we think a lot of some of the things they do is a very perverse way of looking at that. But not everybody looks at those same things, even in the Muslim culture, the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you have honor killings, to us, that's a dishonorable way to uphold your to own honor. To express the concept. Right. Yeah. Honor is somewhat culturally based. Is that, kind of, is that somewhat fair? Um, I, I think to a degree it can be. I think how honor, individual honor is perceived is very much a subjective thing because... I might take offense at something that somebody else doesn't. I might think my honor has been impugned when somebody else might not think, who cares? So in a lot of ways, I think it is. But some aspects of it are universal. They have to be universal. Right. Ultimately, yeah. Because it goes back to one of my favorite quotes about the inherent dignity of the human person. Honor, to me, personal honor, 
comes out of that. Because if you if you don't have that inherent dignity, if that inherent dignity is not being respected, you are being dishonored. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. the ultimate source of dishonoring mm-hmm. is when you, that's how you feel. You, you know, your your personal dignity has not been respected. Mm-hmm. However, you, that plays out for you. Right. Well, the whole dueling culture of the 1700s was based on that. Right. You know, honor is impugned. We shall go. You know, pistols, sir, at 20 yards or whatever. Ten paces. Ten paces. Well, before I have another slug of uh, larceny, or no, I have uh, I have four roses tonight. Yes, we have switched to four roses oh, for really? tonight's I'm, episode. I'm, I'm behind. I'm still drinking the larceny from last episode. Well, that's okay. <laughs> well, um, I have, like I said, I'm going to have another little chew of the four roses here, and I got two things for you guys. Mm. That's that is good bourbon. That is good. And there's a couple of different grades of the Four Roses, but this is uh, this is just kind of the straight-ahead Four Roses. It's, uh-huh. And it's... It is. It's good. It's got the tiny bit of the caramel note. Mm-hmm. Not too much... There's a, is there a hint of sweetness in there? Yeah. There's not too much and maple would, syrup, but yeah. just a little bit of the kind of caramel apple type flavor to it. And yeah. It's pretty good. It's stuff. a very lighter colored. You know, it, there's obviously not super charring on the, the, the barrels, but it is lighter than some of the other bourbons that we have drunk. But it is... I just think it's phenomenal. It's a good smooth bourbon. <coughs> yeah, very smooth. So I'm uh I wanna make plain again th- we don't say this to each other in a congratulatory way. Um I'll personally admit to falling very far short of this ideal many mm. times. Um Amen, brother. All but, of us. But I, I, I really like something, Francis, that you had brought through about it being a a very personal code, a very, um, you know, something that has to be part of your your personal makeup, your personal outlook of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really think you, you grabbed a hold of a big piece of it there. You have to integrate it yes. to you. It, yes, has, to it has to become integral. Yeah, uh, part it, of your philosophy on life. Mm-hmm. Well, and I it, really liked when you, you had that going. Well, to steal the word from Thomas More, integrity... That's kind of what we're t- you're putting those two things together, as you said. You must have both. Yeah, it has that's to be both. That's what we're talking about here, and in a proper balance. And in a proper balance, exactly right. Uh, that's your integrity. You're putting these two things together and making them work inside yourself. Mm-hmm. You live by that code. It matters to you. You you measure. Tr- you try to measure yourself against it and everything else that you encounter against it. Try to. One of the things that. Uh, I've talked about before in prior episodes, uh, and it's mainly when we've talked in our other Code of Honor episodes, but uh, I've talked about how we all have values. We all live them out one way or another. And we are all juggling those particular values. At some point, we may live out one value, place a higher uh, weight on it than at another time, uh, especially when you're talking about balancing work and family life. Uh, but when we do things we know we shouldn't, we, you know, we know we place selfish values ahead of, of others, and that's usually when we do that fall, falling short. Mm-hmm. We lose the balance. Yeah, we lose the balance. Uh, strength and honor, really, again, I just think it's, it's just such a wonderful distillation of that, because if your values don't add up to that, I think there's a problem with you personally. Now... We're all going to have different values. We're all going to place different weight on those values. What's important to us? And the practical application. What we are going to discussable. be willing to fight for, what we're willing to die for. You know, those are your values. Mm-hmm. 
And yet, all of them add up to your strength and honor and how well you are balancing those two things. Because your strength, to me, is not just how much you stand up for what you believe in or even how much you are willing to fight for what you believe in. It's how much you are willing to fight and protect others because it's part and parcel of your honor. Mm -hmm. Because if I am not willing to fight for, to protect the inherent dignity of the human person in somebody else, their honor, then I don't see how I can have much honor myself. Oh, in other words, strength and honor is not just about you. No, not for me. Nor should it be. It's meant to be outwardly focused, not inwardly focused. It's still got to be a balance. Because I have to pay attention to myself to make sure that I am healthy, Mm -hmm. uh, that I am taking care of my family, because that's to me, that's part of me. Yeah. I mean, it's also external, but you know, my family. Uh, that's you know, especially my wife. We are one. You can, yeah, you can certainly make a case for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it is definitely there's got to be a. Uh, it's not just how well, I'm doing. It's both and. Yeah, it's both it's and. Always yeah. been both and, and. And it's a continual reexamination mm-hmm. of yeah. yourself. So, so it's an ongoing time, process. Right. It's so an engine for, that's always running. Yeah, for us to be repeating it to each other spurs that self-reflection. I look at it this way. Just as, now we don't do this in schools anymore, but when we were growing up, I think probably up through the fourth or fifth grade, I remember doing this. Beyond that, I can't remember for sure. Um, you know, we did the Pledge of Allegiance every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's the same kind of a thing. You know, you pledge allegiance to that flag for not, part of that's a little bit of patriotic indoctrination. Yeah, but part of that is also a reminder of what is good, what is supposed to be good and great about the country. Mm-hmm. If you're reminded about what is good and great, you're, hopefully you will help uphold those things. Mm-hmm. You will contribute to the strength, so the honor is is satisfied. Yeah, I, not necessarily in the uh, yeah. That's uh, a good way of phrasing it, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's not just a uh, like you said. It's not self congratulatory because. Right. I am weak and I am dishonorable. Uh, I, I am like a weak and fragile man. Yeah, I, I, that is my ideal that I shoot for. And it is good to be reminded of that. I, need it. I think we are far too often as a society not reminded of that. Mm-hmm. You know, when we hand out participation trophies to everybody just because they showed up, it's very weak. It's a very weak thing to do. There is no strength or honor in it. What yeah. what honor is there in just showing up? I mean, yeah, showing up is half the battle, as some would say. But it's only half the battle. But it's only half, and it's it's not exactly the least important half. But it's the it's the half that has the least impact. Fifty well, percent is still a failing grade. It, well, that's true. That's true. Uh, but when it, I'd rather be half alive than you know not yeah, alive. So, yeah. You know, but so. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's about a, being in the arena. Yes, as Chuck says. That's right. Yeah. It's about being in. The, so, I, I, Alan Moore would say it's a, a it's a matter of perspective. Well, yeah, yes, because what strength means and what honor means, we're all going to have a different take on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, and especially those that don't think about these things are going to have a, a wildly different take. Sure. Uh, because they're not going to. Because if you don't think about these things, it's, you can't live them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were talking about be, before the show. Uh, some just lamenting some things, being our you know grumpy old men, you know, <laughs> uh, the get hypothetical off get off my lawn yeah, kind I knew of you thing. Would say that that's right. That's kind um, of your line. That's your you know. You know, but if you don't 
think about these things, if you don't think about what it means to have strength and honor, however you want to express that, you're not living up to your full potential. You're not contributing not just to yourself, but to your family, to your entire society, your community, your country, the world, in a terribly meaningful way, except by accident. Well, you're lying to yourself. Yeah. So... So I've got a bit of a rabbit hole, though. I want to. Oh, excellent! We're good at those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this an inherently masculine thing to be examining? Hmm. Oh. I mean, I joked about women putting a pin in us, and it's necessary to do. But is this also necessary? And are do men? Is this an inherently masculine thing to do not that women can't or don't this well is just i would a, say it is not exclusive exclusive right. to men by any means but it seems like we're the genesis of this well i, I, I will say type that of thought it, it does uh the, i do think the idea of strength women i think are stronger than men in many ways but i don't think they think that way i don't think the concept of strength is something that they meditate upon to the extent that men do yeah well Again, I think it's, it's expressed differently. Their strength is, is expressed differently. Yes. So they're naturally going to think about it differently. And again, this is a general rule. You know, for what few female listeners we have, <laughs> you know, get the pitchforks and, and torches and come hunt us down. You know, one of the things that I've talked about often, whether it's on the air or not, is that there are definite differences between men and women, fundamental differences. And I think mm-hmm. one of those is how we think about ourselves and our relationships. For instance, yes. men, we te- how we define ourselves generally is by what we do, mm-hmm. how well we take care of the things we are responsible for. Historically speaking, I think that's a very true thing. It's hardwired anthropologically yeah. for men to be... Protectors. To see themselves as providers, providers and protectors. and protectors, and when they fail at those roles, it's a serious blow to our self-image. Men, men tank. Yes, right. Bottom out when they when they feel they have failed, especially at provider roles, the psychological consequences are enormous. They are. Women, by and large, tend to define themselves more by their relationships. Mm-hmm. Now again, that's not universally true. Yeah, and all have parts of both. We, yes, yeah. exactly. What you know, my s- relationships are extremely important sure. to me. But I tend to go towards the other side first, thinking of myself as protector and provider. Uh, and, you know, as far as self-worth, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, it's that classic difference of <clears throat> women want you to listen but a man's like, why are you telling me this if you don't want me to fix it? Right. <laughs> that is the that's classic. The, that's the classic. Well, it's, like, it's stereotypical, yeah. but stereotypes exist for reasons. Yes. Well, every husband relates to that, though. Sure. Yes. Because this is one of the hardest things for us to learn. When I do preparation for couples who are getting married, mm-hmm. it's one of the things I try to impress upon them is that Every time you come, talking to the to the girl, every time you come to him and want to tell him about your day, you have to remember he's going to want to fix whatever you're complaining about. And I tell him, when she comes to you to tell you about her day, you have to remember she doesn't want you to fix anything. She just needs to tell you about it. She just wants you to listen. Yeah, That's right. and because 
really, guys are bad at listening. We really can we're, be. Well, we're wired for tasks. Yes. We're we, wired to we hear a task and what you're saying. We can overcome acting. that, uh, but it requires practice yeah. and it requires some gifting. Yes. Some some guys are better at it yes. than others. Right. And uh, and the opposite side of this, and I always try and get the, the couples to remember, this is not all on guys to learn this. Yeah. One of these is not wrong. Right. Both are. Exactly. Both are. Both are. That's so all. women yeah. have to understand that if you bring stuff to us, we're not always going to. You either have to tell us Don't. when you want us to fix it or just expect us to randomly offer you solutions because otherwise you're, you're it's. We're going to tend to one extreme or the other. We're always going to want to fix it. We're just going to sit there and shut up until you tell us you want us to say something. Because we get burned <laughs> too often. So, you know, both sides have to remember that. So, and that both of those things require a different kind of strength and a different kind of honor. Mm -hmm. yeah. And how you act those out. So, the terms may be different for each side, each gender. Yeah. But I think... The concepts are universal. Mm -hmm. It's the how we think about the That's terms expressed. and how it's expressed yeah. and that, that are what's different. Yeah, the, the reflection, the trying to examine this in this way, I, I think is masculine. In the way we, yeah, because yeah. the way we're yes. talking about it, certainly, yes. yeah. But that's that's our but point of reference too. Might tend to come at this from a different way. It yeah. would be interesting to to kind of put this down in front of three women in a similar situation like this and say, "You discuss this term and tell us what you think about it, and see how that's different." Than how we would are. you ask? What terms would you be more comfortable using mm -hmm. to express this? It would be a very interesting experiment. Maybe we should try that and report back sometime. <laughs> it would be very interesting, yes. Uh, well, yeah. Get all of our they, wives to listen to this and have them yeah. weigh in on it. And they certainly would not look at a phrase or a line in a film in the same way. I think that's a very much a male thing, too. Memorizing films, basically. Women just really don't do that. They remember mm. how films... It depends. They Depends don't remember the, the lines. They remember how a film might make them feel. Oh, my wife can quote a lot of lines, but right. It, it, it I think depends we, on the, the it woman depends on the woman, the, the, the lines, the movies. Yeah, but I think that yeah, you're right. You know, women tend to emote more than men do, whether for good or bad. We you know? we shove our emotions into movie quotes, and part of the reason why this is more of a guy quote is its source. It's right before a battle. Mm -hmm. yes. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna latch onto that because again, there are some thi some things that just are hardwired in us. Mm -hmm. We respond to that, and that's true for both of us. And you know, God love the differences between us. <laughs> They're complementary. Yes. They're not oppositional. I don't want a woman that thinks just like me. That would be disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> You, I want somebody better you, than me. You. Well, yeah, that's correct. I mean, our wives are supposed to be the best parts of us. I, yes. There's a comedian that does that, and I cannot remember who it is, but it's like, women, if you could see inside his brain, you would be like, oh, gross. What, what have I done? Exactly. All guys marry up. <laughs> women marry down. They may not realize they it, but we get the better end of this deal. If you knew what was in our brains 90% of the day, you oh, would my gosh. run away screaming. Oh, and, you know, that's and that's for the good guys. And that's when we don't drink either. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that's and that actually points to why something like strength, strength and, honor and honor is important is important mm -hmm. because we strive to be more than our animal base instincts. 
That's what makes us human. Mm-hmm. And I think for guys, that's more difficult. Yeah. I think part of it is the fact that, you know, we aren't mothers. Fathers are obviously very different than mothers. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a natural bond between mother and child that I think fathers have to work a little bit harder at. Mm-hmm. It's a different bond. It's a different kind of bond. Uh, and, of course, historically, women have been the caretakers. That obviously has changed a great deal in our lifetimes. But still, probably more often than not, it's still true. Uh, you know, no matter how progressive you are listening, I would be willing to bet your wife or your girlfriend, whoever the mother of your child is, does more of the child rearing nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that, no maybe matter that's how, a, how much you try to escape at traditional roles. You're traditional for a reason. Yeah. And it's great when guys do take on more of those stereotypical traditional feminine roles because it does make us better in a lot of ways. It mm-hmm. makes us better as husbands. It makes us better... Uh, as parents, mm-hmm. uh, because we do bond more with our children. I, I think I've bonded more with my children than my father did with me. Oh, absolutely here. That's you for know? certain. Um, my brother and my, my sister once said to me when they were visiting uh, together last year, I guess 2018, it was right after we bought the house. And, you know, they they were just astounded at the kind of father I was because I was not, I'm not the kind of father that I had, that they had. So, you know, that was a little sobering, uh, and it's very true. I try not to be, not that I don't love my dad. Dad had his issues. He had his issues with alcohol, and, you know, he was a man of his times, especially. And that's just not the kind of father, kind of man I am. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm different. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that's self-reflective wants to take the best of what their parents were. Of course, yeah. yes. And, but move it forward. Right. Even when you fail, mm-hmm. you know, you fail a lot. Sure. But you want to try to take that forward. And again, that's strength and honor. Is right. that challenge, that push, the three of us do to each other because of the friendship that we have, we know we can challenge each other to be better that we can challenge each other to reflect on how we fall down. We, we call, count call on us each to, other. Call we, on us to be better. Yeah, yeah, we count on each other, in fact. Yeah, absolutely. To, to push each other to reflect on our lives. That is a male thing, too. You know, women have a, have a similar type of thing, but it's uniquely male in the fact that we need that. We need those male organizations. We need brotherhood. Uh, to really keep us to be the best that we are. Yeah. Uh, wives well, alone are not the only thing that makes us better. Yeah, and th- that's very true. Wives, I've often said, and I don't remember who I cribbed this from originally, but I, I've often said that you know, women are the reason we have civilization. Oh, yeah. Because if it weren't for them, we'd still be you know, in the caves banging each other over the head with sticks. Mm-hmm. You know, even Ronald Reagan brought that up in his radio addresses in the 70s. It's a constant thing of women civilize the world. Yeah, and maybe that's who I cribbed it from. So They civilize us, and but we in turn also, and maybe it's because we know the struggles that we go through, we need that brotherhood to hold each, yeah. other, help, hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. 
um, Francis, you know, I've you know this because I've told you this and you've participated in it before, but you know, because of our positions that we hold outside of work mm-hmm. in the church, there are certain things that in our public personas we cannot be or do. That's right. Yeah. Because we have a certain reputation to uphold. We have mm-hmm. a certain um, uh, extra set of responsibilities. Yeah. So getting together with guys like us that have mm-hmm. those, it's extremely important. That's right. There are not nearly as many guys like Martin that we can get together with now and be ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because most of the guys that we see, other than that, for us, is a small circle mm-hmm. of friends. Yeah. We have to have a certain face on. And not to say that that that, that, that face is false. No, no. It's not, it but really, it has it, to be the best face possible. Right. It, it is us all the time. That's right. But we we don't we we have to we have to work at it to make sure that that our 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 less honorable parts never come out. Right. Or even just our our rougher edges. That's better. That's better. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And and there's but it's not a bad thing. Yeah. But you know, all. Brotherhoods mm-hmm. form or perform that same function. That's it. That's exactly it. That's why they, they're so important. They perfect us in ways. Our wives protect perfect us in other ways, but yeah. that's not the completeness of who we are. Right. We we need that male companionship, and women have the same. Yes, I was just about themselves. to say. Just as we have our guy nights or podcasting sessions. That's right. They need their too. They need their time with their girlfriends or whoever they get together with, mm-hmm. whether it be small groups, large groups, whatever, just one person. Because it's part and parcel of having male and female mm-hmm. is that while your wife can understand you, there are certain things she can't grasp and there are certain things I can't grasp about her reality. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's part of what strength and honor is supposed to we do. We need both. Help us remember. Because we're not there all the time with each other. We don't spend as much time together as we used to. Mm-hmm. You know, even though, even now with the kids being older and mostly out of the house, we still don't have time. It's amazing. No, that's right. You know? Well, you know, the modern world where both parents work... Yes. You know, you spend more time at work than you do at home in right. many respects. Plus our church responsibilities that, that well, exactly, takes up which is, more time you know, as other, well. Other, you know, and, you know, but everybody has some responsibilities yeah. outside of their work life. I hope so. Uh, yes, because all work, work and, and no play, play makes, makes... Jack a dull boy. That's right. Uh, we're not meant to be automatons, no matter what the corporate universe might, in some corporate universes, might think about us. We're not that. We're, we're meant to be... Uh, uh, you know, to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. You know, kind of what Tennyson said. That's we're we're meant to be create. You know, to achieve, and to build, Tennyson. and to create. Yeah, that's. I mean, you bring that in the heavy hitters now. Well, I <laughs> you brought in a pipe hitter like Tennyson. We're, we're on it. Well, that's uh, now I stole that from Babylon Five. <laughs> that's which is fine. Well, it's Tennyson, but it is Tennyson. That's it's correct. Tennyson. Yeah, it's you brought in a pipe hitter. Tennyson, I mean, you're talking about somebody that comments on the human condition. Very much so. And it's so so clear what he's saying is, you know, we're meant to do stuff. You know, that's not our, that's not, that is our purpose, but that is not our dignity. Yes. Work has great dignity. Yeah. When it is not the end all of your life. Yeah. It it loses its dignity. That's right. You know, the 
the most dignified thing I think that we can do, the most honorable thing that we can do, because again, to me, they're tied together, mm -hmm. is things like this. Okay. Not so much recording a session for you know the millions of people that listen to us to hear, as it is for the three of us to be together mm -hmm. to talk about this. Now, mm -hmm. I get it that we are at least pseudo-intellectuals. You know, <laughs> we are not out there writing books. We are not out there giving lectures. Maybe that's our next here. project. Well, I'm telling you, I keep telling you, we are writing a book that's together. Right. But, you know, hey, but we have a project. You know, all people should have projects, yeah. you know. But my point is, though, it's not so much the project. It's this interaction. Yeah, I get it. We are thinkers. Mm -hmm. We are intellectual in that sense. We think about stuff, what mm -hmm. it means. And we talk about it. And we talk about it. That's how this whole thing started was the decades of thinking and talking about stuff and, and let's face it, just sitting around bullshitting. That's right. And capturing none of it. And capturing none of it to our great distress. But this examining what it means to be human, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a citizen, whether of our country or of the world, these are the eternal questions. Strength and honor is the summation of the eternal questions mm -hmm. that we get together to have pointless discussions about. That's wow. why it's snakes and otters. That's well, right. preach it, James T. Kirk. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, almost I, there. I like that we, we brought in Tennyson. We brought in Theodore Roosevelt within the arena. Um, you know, again, these are... When you talk to your kids and you say, look, just be yourself. That's a way of saying strength and honor. Because mm -hmm. you know their self you, that you're yeah, asking them to be. You're you not, know, you, you know. Well, I was very proud of myself. I've got of a selfish prick of a child, which I do not. No. <laughs> my children are not, no, thank God. Well, when we say that, we recognize there's something there worth saying it about. If I, I, I am very careful about who I tell to, to be yourself. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Because. Your best self. Yeah. Because that's yes, the implication. It's, it's be your best, best self. self. Yeah. Well, be true to yourself and. You know, my youngest very much likes to look out for others. That's phenomenal. Oh, wow. He, yes, he, that is that is a gift. He befriended a lot of younger students at his high school. Um, we called him, uh, uh, well, we, we called the other students his ducklings. <laughs> because well? he would take them to senior cafeteria. Oh, nice. And they would follow him in like ducklings, following a mama duck. So uh, teasing him a little bit, but that's a thing of strength and honor. But you're proud as heck of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, tease him, but you know, I'm not telling him. Oh man, what a, what a great thing! He looked out for others. He he protected other people. Strength he gets and honor. he gets it's a good thing. Yeah, you don't have to. So, it. well, gentlemen, uh, I want to raise one final toast to the brother brotherhood of snakes and otters. Oh, yeah. So, to the Brotherhood of Snakes and Otters, Amen. I strongly appreciate that you push me and challenge me with strength and honor. Um, well, that's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we all do. That's right. And, and so, um, I, I try to be my best self after um, I'm in the Brotherhood. So, You know, that 
that to me is the that's the purpose yeah mm-hmm. that's the purpose because when we are left to our own devices for too long we turn inward exactly and, what i was about to say we turn inward and corrupt and that is never a good place to go no because when we turn inward we forget about everybody else yeah we are we are created for others we always have been you know there's one more piece of that too though you have to be willing to accept that challenge too well, yeah, free will is always operative, sure. Well, but you can go, why are these guys telling me this? Piss off. You, it, that's a great thing about our friendship is we are all accepting of that challenge to each other. Yes. And it's very important uh, as you move through your life that you be accepting of challenges to your current state of existence. You know, uh, people phrase it as um, preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be willing to be challenged on your preconceived oh, absolutely. notions. absolutely. Yeah, growth is in- essential. You must have, or you, you grow or you the die. The fundamental process of the universe is change. That's right. Changes. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You're, you're, you're sneaking back to that episode. Yeah, I brought it right back. So that's that, exactly right. The, the episode, the, yeah, yeah. let that be your last battlefield that you hate. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love to say that. Well, gentlemen, uh, that puts us at about 40 minutes. So, I, I, wow. We did a good job. Time flies when job. you're having fun. Yeah. That was one of the best philosophical discussions that we've, we've had. So, uh, yeah. I truly enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Good, good stuff. So, listeners, strength and honor. And strength Francis, and honor. Strength and honor. what's up next? Oh, well, we're, gonna, we're going to transition into our, our, our next Our Heroes episode. And Robert's going to captain this one. Charlton Heston. Yay, Chuck. Oh, yeah, Chuck. yay, Chuck. He, that's what he liked to be called was Chuck. Uh, and uh, it, he's just a cool guy. We were talking about a lot of his uh, a great work and his just his great philosophies and so many, so many good things we've got on tap for that next episode. Make sure you're here with us. You'll enjoy it. Thanks for being with us here every week at Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Be sure to spread the word on your social media accounts. Follow us and retweet us. We are on Instagram and on Twitter at Snakes and Otters. Let your friends know that they can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. Just search Snakes and Otters Podcast to find us. And please, remember to leave us your comments and reviews. It helps people find us. And you can always send us an email at snakesandotterspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Martin. I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Catch us next week. Same snake time, same otter channel. <laughs>